It's Friday, August 18th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, uh, the Guardians and Tigers had the first game of their four-game weekend series uh, wiped out by rain. That means doubleheader day today, uh, 4 o'clock. The Guardians will take on the Tigers in a traditional doubleheader. Uh, Back-to-back games, uh, Gavin Williams will start game one for Cleveland against Tarek Skubal. And uh, Xavier Curry will start game two uh, against uh, Matt Manning. Uh, the Guardians or the Tigers haven't made that official yet, but Matt Manning will will be called up to uh, start game two. Uh, so, you know, a, a bit of a, a break, a bit of a day off uh, and and a chance to sort of reset things. Uh, and some some moves are, are being made, uh, too. It's not just, uh, um, you know, the, the day off would be in the headline news there. Um the, the Guardians called up Zach Collins and uh, DFA Daniel Norris uh, also brought up uh, Tim Heron and put uh, Cam Gallagher on the concussion protocol list. Yeah, you know, we knew uh, Cam was uh, probably headed for the, uh, you know, that seven day concussion protocol list after he took the foul tip off the uh, mask uh, Wednesday night in, in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, Collins, it's going to be interesting to watch him, Joe. I mean, he, he hasn't, he's mostly DH'd. He's had a big year offensively down at Columbus, kind of cooled off in the second half, but he's mostly DH, only caught, what, 33 games or so. So uh, we'll see if he gets a shot here. I mean, he'll probably, I would think, may, I don't know if he'd catch the second game of a doubleheader or not. What do you think? I, I, I think you. you... Pretty much have to. You're not going to you yeah. know, wear Bo Naylor out like that. Uh, I, I got to imagine he's going to catch game two. Uh, and you're right. He hasn't really caught. Uh, Tito said he's caught bullpens lately. Uh, he's not exactly a guy who's known uh, for his defensive prowess. Uh, that's that's pretty much one of the only things holding him back as a, as a guy who could be a, an effective major league backup uh, is that he's not uh, really good with the glove. Uh, but uh, it, during the first two months of the season in Columbus, he was tearing it up. He was hitting over over 320 and, uh, you know, an outstanding OPS of over 900. Uh, but since the end of May, he's really sort of, uh, you know, fallen off. I think he's batting like 219 uh, since the end of May. Uh, he, he was his numbers were really good. It looked like, you know, when when Mike Zanino was struggling up here at the major league level and everybody was saying, oh, well, why don't they call him Zach Collins? Uh, there's, you know, they know, and they see the, uh, the, the everyday guys there around him know, uh, what the, what the real deal is. So, uh, Collins is here. Uh, Tito said it was very interesting what Tito said, uh, about Brian Lavastida, who had just been promoted to, uh, triple a within the last couple of weeks because Sandy Leone, the other veteran catcher that they had down there, uh, also went on the, the injured list, but Brian Lavastida looked like he had, finally started to figure some things out at the plate and was on a good path and trending. And, and Tito made it seem like, well, if this is only going to be a, a seven or so day, uh, you know, stint here for Collins, they really didn't want to, you know, upset the apple cart was the phrase that Tito used by promoting uh, Lavastida only to have to send him back down when Cam Gallagher is ready to come off the, the concussion list. So Lavastida gets a chance to sort of continue his progression at AAA and uh, Zach Collins is here as the as the backup for now. 
Yeah, good for Lavastida. That's, uh, you know, he, he made what he made the club uh, out of spring training I mean, two years ago. Uh, you know, he could, he always had the reputation of swinging the bat, kind of took a backward step uh, last year. But I'm glad to see, hopefully, you know, he can swing his way back into, uh, you know, a big league job here because they certainly need need a guy that can swing the bat, Joe, behind uh, behind Bo Naylor. So that's uh, encouraging for him. And, uh, you know, Collins was a former number one pick of the White Sox. So, you know, he's got some talent, and uh, we're finally going to see it here. Uh, so Cam Gallagher goes on the concussion list, like we said. Uh, Daniel Norris, sort of the the odd man out. They needed a 40-man roster spot to get Collins up. Uh, but uh, Daniel Norris, who took a, a weird tumble uh, in that game on Wednesday night uh, against Cincinnati, uh, but seemed to be fine, uh, he winds up, uh, you know, losing his spot uh, on the 40-man roster, gets DFA'd. Uh, and uh, Tim Heron uh, gets the uh, prize promotion, I believe his fifth stint with the Major League Club uh, this season. Uh, he's back up uh, to, to fill the spot in the bullpen. Yeah, you know, definitely Heron's an interesting guy, young young left-hander, what, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He's got, you know, what, 10.9 strikeouts per nine innings. Uh, you know, he just uh, has a little trouble, you know, with the strike zone and, uh, you know, just throwing strikes. Uh, but I think he's a work in progress and, you know, they like him. So he gets another chance here and, uh, hopefully, you know, he kind of, you know, kind of carves out a niche for himself and is able to, to, you know, ride this train until the end of the season. Uh, I want to remind our listeners, uh, here early in the podcast, uh, if you get a chance, uh, log on and subscribe to, uh, subtext, our guardian subtext gives you, uh, all the inside information, the, the latest updates, on roster moves and changes with the Guardians. Uh, as soon as we hear them, we send them on to you. 216-208-4346. If you send a, te- a text message to that number, we'll, we'll get you signed up $3.99 a month uh, to hear from myself and Hoinsey on a daily basis. Uh, or you can log on to cleveland.com slash subtext uh, for the latest. Uh, Hoinsey, Cal Quantrill uh, continues his progression back uh, from injury. Uh, a sore shoulder has been holding him back uh, pretty much all season, uh, but now he's going to head to uh, another rehab start on Sunday, according to Terry Francona. It's uh, it's either going to be in Akron or in Syracuse, where the Clippers, uh, the AAA team, is playing uh, this week. Uh, but Cal Quantra kind of pushed back. Uh, it was was resistant to the idea of going to Syracuse. Uh, not because he's afraid of the competition, but uh, because Syracuse uses the automated ball strike system. Uh, but it turns out uh, Syracuse only uses that automated ball strike system, the, the robot umpires, so to say, uh, on games Thursday, uh, Monday through Thursday during the week. But Friday, Saturday, Sunday games don't use the automated system. They use the, the, the human umpires to call the strike zone. Uh, so it looks like Cal Quantrill will probably be headed to Syracuse. Uh, to pitch his next rehab outing for the Clippers. Yeah, you know, and and I think, you know, obviously they're not taking any chances with Cal. He's not on the fast track this time around. They want to make sure, you know, he's as close to 100% as he can be uh, when when he comes back. So he gets another rehab start after what I think he threw Wednesday, right, in, at, mm-hmm. uh, at Akron. Um, so this will be, what, his third, I think, third rehab start. So, you know, hopefully, you know, he gets on the right back track. And, Joe, I, you know, what do you think? I mean, 
uh, you know, this buys uh, the Guardians a little more time to maybe does to make up their mind. Does, uh, you know, does uh, Quantrill go right back into the rotation? Does he go into the bullpen or, you know, if they if he goes into the rotation, they're going to have to make a, you know, somebody's going to, you know, have to either get back, go put in a bullpen or maybe get sent down. Right. Yeah. And they had talked about how they, they liked the idea of stretching Xavier Curry out a little more and he's getting out to, you know, 75, 80 pitches now. So, uh, and he's, and he's been effective. He hasn't certainly done anything to, to lose his chance to, to continue to progress. Uh, That's sort of the position that Quantrill was in a couple of years back when he went from the bullpen into the starting rotation. And, you know, there were, there were stumbles along the way, but once he, he got his footing there, he took off. Uh, so you never know what what, what the situation with Curry is going to be, but uh, Quantrill is interesting. Yeah, he can pitch in relief, and or or maybe he, uh, you know, you try to decide what how much longer you're going to stick with Noah Syndergaard because Noah Syndergaard not only uh, you know looks like he's uh, on shaky ground, but he sounds like he's a, a guy who is just sort of out there searching, and uh, you know it's it's not the ideal situation right now for Cleveland. Yeah, he's uh, Noah is is wrestling with a lot of things. I think, you know, uh, mechanics, uh, his confidence, uh, his ability to throw strikes, good strikes. Uh, you know, we we talked to him after uh, his game Wednesday in Cincinnati, and he goes, you know, he had the quote, maybe the quote of the year, when he said, you know, it's hard to control everything in your life when. When the when the game you love uh, baseball, you know you don't, you just don't feel you know confident in it and uh, is and uh, you know so you know this is a guy with that's tr- re- trying to remake himself and uh, you know he's kind of I don't know if he's stuck in the process or he's or he's kind of you know working his way through the process right now. Right, and uh, you know if this is a, a Guardian team that's trying to you know, narrow the race and, and contend down the stretch, you know, how, how much can you afford to, to run him out there uh, so that he can, you know, try and find himself. Uh, is that going to cost you a chance to, to run down the twins at some point this year? Uh, you know, who gives you a better chance to, to win Noah Syndergaard or, or Cal Quantrill at this point uh, should be interesting to see another couple of arms that, that Tito talked about uh, Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie, uh, I believe Bieber is out to 120 feet throwing, and then Tito said he would he would come back in to 60 feet and and sort of let it rip, uh, you know, a little bit uh, in his last throwing session, and said things felt pretty good. So uh, that's a good sign. Uh, and McKenzie is out to 105 feet with his throwing progression, uh, not you know as as uh, much of a uh, you know coming in and throwing hard after that, but. Uh, I think he said both of those guys are have bullpens on their horizon, which doesn't mean they're moving, you know, quickly or anything like that. But uh, the next step in their their progression will be to throw bullpen sessions uh, for both Bieber and McKenzie. Yeah, that's encouraging. Uh, uh, but you know, it's encouraging to know uh, you know Bieber can you know go, come come into about sixty feet and and you know put a little velocity behind his throws. Uh, you know, we still haven't seen that with Tristan, it sounds like. And, uh, you know, as, uh, you know, as Chris Antonetti said a while ago, you know, we're, the, 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 the Guardians aren't going to get a real read on Tristan until he puts some max effort into, uh, you know, his pitching, whether it's in a bullpen session or a rehab game. And, uh, I guess the same goes for, uh, for Bieber. Yeah, that's, that's what it sounded like. Uh, the other, 
injuries that uh, Terry Francona talked about. Uh, Josh Naylor uh, going through baseball activities. He's doing his core work and, and seems to be coming through that pretty good. Uh, so, uh, you know, Tito sounded positive about his progression there uh, coming back from the oblique injury. And uh, David Fry uh, also reporting that he's doing well with his hamstring. Uh, and, you know, Tito goes out of his way to, to talk about what a tough kid David Fry is and how he'd be out there playing right now if the trainers let him. So uh, I think that's a positive sign. And, and you know, maybe they think uh, after the, the concussion protocol situation with uh, Cam Gallagher gets set aside that, you know, Fry might be an option also to, to come off the injured list and, and take some of those backup catching innings uh, to, to sort of ease the burden on, on Gallagher. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I like what he, uh, Tito said, I thought, well, I found it interesting what Tito said, you know, a couple of weeks ago when Fry went on the, uh, IL, he said, you know, Fry wanted to keep playing and, uh, t- you know, uh, Terry Francona said, uh, you know, listen, you're, you're carving out a little, a pretty good niche for yourself on this team. You don't want to do anything to screw it up or ruin it, you know, or to set yourself back. You know, so take your, take that time on the IL, get healthy, and then come back. So, you know, it sounds like, you know, he has kind of uh, worked his way into the plans for this ball club, at least for the remainder of this season and maybe next year, Joe. Yeah, it's a good position to be in if you're David Fry. Uh, and, and, you know, good guy. I think he, he deserves, uh, you know, every break that comes his way in, in terms of that. So uh be interesting to follow him. Uh, as far as uh, this weekend, uh, obviously with um, oh, before we get to that, <laughs> before we get to the, this weekend, uh, Jose Ramirez, Tim Anderson, uh, I, I guess the uh, the aftermath of the fight, uh, Tim Anderson had his suspension of six games reduced to five. Uh, he be, he begins serving it tonight as the White Sox take on the Rockies, uh, but uh, Anderson issued an apology to. Uh, his fans, to his teammates, and that's about it. Uh, on social media yesterday, uh, you, know, you go back to August 9th when Jose Ramirez uh, came out and served or uh, and, and issued his apology. Uh, he talked about trying to reach out to Anderson and apologize directly to him, but hearing no response. Um, you know, Anderson just didn't mention Jose Ramirez at all. Uh, sort of, sort of stood his ground on a, on a few things, including. Uh, the chirping that was going back and forth between Cleveland and uh, Chicago uh, said, you know, the, the Guardians players can say whatever they want about me disrespecting the game. Uh, that That's fine. It didn't excuse my my actions or my my reaction uh, to to whatever happened on set on, on that in, in the fight. Uh, what do you take away from Tim Anderson's apology that didn't include Jose Ramirez? The bottom line on this, Joe, is he, he got embarrassed by getting knocked on his rear end. And, uh, you know, he's getting a lot of heat for that. He's getting a lot of, I'm sure his teammates are all over him. His friends are all over him. He's catching a lot of grief for it. And, uh, you know, that's why he's not even man enough to say, to apologize to, uh, to Jose. I mean, Jose yeah. reached out, reached, a, you know, extended an olive branch and this guy won't, won't give it back. So that tells you a lot about Tim Anderson. Yeah, I mean the guy's pardon the pun, but the guy's a punchline. I mean he's he's a joke right now, and he's a joke in the league, and he's a joke among uh, players. And and you know this goes back to he's he's been this way since uh, you know two three years ago. He comes out and and makes the statement that says you know I'm the next Jackie Robinson, and and that sort of you know didn't sit well with a lot of people. 
And I think uh, he's been looked at uh, as, as sort of a clown in Major League circles uh, for uh, for a while. And and now you're, you're seeing that, uh, you know, you don't you don't have a lot of friends uh, standing behind you when, uh, you know, you're, you're in the wrong in a situation like this and you just sort of dig in your heels. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, Tim Anderson versus the Guardians for the next uh, next several years, because. Uh, you know, Chicago, even if they wanted to unload him, they, 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 I'm sure there wouldn't be too many takers uh, based on what he's making and, and you know, just what what kind of a, a clubhouse presence he could be uh, for your franchise. So that's Tim yeah, Anderson. Joe, I, oh, Joe, I like this guy, man. I, I, I liked him as a player. I thought he was really talented a couple years ago. You know, he can run. He's a great leadoff hitter. He had pop. But the, something has happened to him the last two years. He just hasn't looked like the same guy to me. He could last year he had trouble picking up a ground ball. This year, you know, he, what he has one home run. I mean, uh, I don't know, Joe. I mean, he, I, you know, I, I hope he gets his career turned around. But if you can't dust yourself off and and apologize and you know shake hands with the guy that knocked you on your rear end, you know, something's wrong. Yeah, and and that was sort of he talked in his apology in, in his apology about how frustrating this season has been for him and for his teammates. Uh, you know, maybe the just the way things are set up there in Chicago, maybe he does need a, a fresh start somewhere else because uh, the the environment in Chicago, uh, from all the things that we've read since that fight happened, uh, it doesn't sound like it's uh, conducive to, uh, to producing winning players and getting the best results out of your guys. Uh, it's, uh, you know, a, an, a hostile environment uh, right now in that clubhouse. I uh, think, and it has been for a few years. Uh, all right, this weekend coming up, uh, in addition to the Manny Ramirez uh, Hall of Fame induction, uh, there will be uh, one more uh, Cleveland baseball legend going into uh, the Guardians Hall of Fame. Uh, posthumously, that's uh, Dale Mitchell, uh, a member of the 1948 World Series team and uh, also the, the 1954 team that, that went to the World Series, uh, won 111 games. Uh I, I'm, I'm going to be honest up front and, and, and admit that, you know, I don't know all that much about Dale Mitchell or I didn't know all that much about Dale Mitchell until I, I, I read read through some things uh, just, uh, you know, because it was before my time. Obviously, Hoynes, he's not before your time. Uh, but, um, uh, <laughs> might be before yeah, my time, too, Joe. <laughs> a little bit before you. But but I mean, I mean this was a guy who was a, a teammate of the Larry Dobies and the Lou Boudreaux and the the Bob Fellers and all the names that are already on those walls in Cleveland. You know, this guy from, from everything that I've, I've read and I've learned about him was a, a backbone of those teams in the, the late forties and, and 1950s. Uh, and, and he was the, the guy that sort of, you know, was on base and, and, you know, put the ball in play. He wasn't the, the big power hitter, but uh came from Oklahoma and, you know, was, was scouted by the, by the Indians uh, out of high school, went to Oklahoma University, set the record there for um, a batting average in a career. I think he hit, he hit 507 when he was a senior uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners. That's uh, uh, you know pretty good. Uh, then he went uh, and and uh, you know played in the minors a little bit, but played in uh, you know served in in the war and came back by 1946. He was a, a rookie on a team that was you know two years later playing in the World Series. Yeah, Joe, and that, and that when he got called up in 46, you know, in a, he played 11 games and hit 432 in, in 11 games. And in his career in Cleveland, was a 312 lifetime hitter. 
for the uh, for the Indians. Um, you know, just uh, he, in 1954, you know, he, he wasn't noted for his his power, but he hit the home run that clinched uh, the 1954 pennant. Uh, you know, gave early win a 3-2 victory over Detroit on September 18th, and that was the clincher. Um, so you know, just just an all around solid hitter. You know, there's a, I, I'm reading uh, from uh, Rush Snyder's the late great Rush Snyder's uh, uh, Indians Encyclopedia, and he has a quote in there from Lou Boudreau, uh, the the uh, you know the player manager for the Indians. He goes, if anyone ever hits 400, Dale Mitchell will be the man. Uh, and and Mitchell uh, went on after his career in Cleveland. Uh, he was his had his contract purchased in 1956. Uh, by the Dodgers and, and played uh, only a few games for them, but, you know, went to the World Series uh, and, uh, you know, was, I think, noted, not no, noted for, but it was noteworthy. He was the the final out in Don Larson's perfect game uh, for the Yankees in the World Series. Uh, took a called third strike that uh, that Dale Mitchell went to his grave, uh, insisting was not uh, a, a third strike uh, in, in terms of that, uh, you know, called third strike. I, I, you know, you got to like this guy in terms of what he would be. You think about you're on a team with uh, with Larry Doby and, and Lou Boudreau. And, uh, you know, and this is the guy who is like the, the batting average, uh, like the leader. He 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 19, what, 48. He was uh, third behind Ted Williams and Boudreau for for the American League batting championship. Yeah, he had 336 that year. Um you know, uh, 204 hits that year, 608 at bats in 141 games, 30 doubles, eight triples, four home runs. Um, just, uh, you know, that that's a season and a half, Joe, on, on that ball club, you know, and playing uh, for, for that club and, and, you know, having those kind of numbers, you knew you were doing something right on that team. Yeah, I, I mean, all of this is to say that this guy is overqualified for a position, certainly in the uh, uh, in the Guardians Hall of Fame and the franchise's uh, you know Hall of Fame, uh, and, and to be uh, sort of immortalized alongside those teammates. Uh, you know, I, I I wonder what's taken so long for for him to be sort of uh, to 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 get this recognition uh, when when all of his contemporaries are are in the 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 hall already. Yeah, well, you know, a couple – it used to be, Joe, that they would ask the writers and broadcasters, this is the Indians the, mm-hmm. and, and the Guardians, you know, to uh, make uh, nominations. And then they would put – you know, the, the club would decide, you know, you know, meet with some historians or, you know, some Sabre guys. And, uh, you know, they would make their choices. You know, it wasn't like uh, the media was casting votes, but we, we were asked to uh, nominate guys. And um, they have they stopped that process about five, six years ago. And now the club, I mean, I guess does it by itself. And I'm not sure what the process is. I'm sure they consult, you know, with the, you know, the Hall of Fame and the Sabre and and all, all you know, some historians like that. Uh, but I'm glad to see him reach in back into the history of Cleveland because it has such a rich history of baseball. And there's such great players that really haven't been recognized. So that you know they reach back into the history with Dale Mitchell and you know and and come back with a contemporary player like Manny Manny Ramirez. So it's a good blend. Yeah, it's a it's a process that's shrouded in mystery. We can, we can <laughs> say it that way. But uh, 
but we appreciate it. And it's a, it's a good opportunity. It's a good opportunity to reflect and, and brag on some of these guys who, who means so much to, to some of these fans. I am sure that there will be no shortage of Manny Ramirez jerseys and signs and posters. And, uh, you know, the Manny love is going to be uh, evident on, on Saturday uh, at the ballpark. Uh, but don't skip on, uh, on, on Dale Mitchell. This is a guy who, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a world series championship banner hanging in that ballpark. And he's a big reason why uh, that's there. So, uh, give Dale Mitchell his flowers uh, at, at, at some point on Saturday, as well as Manny Ramirez. Uh, don't forget about that. Uh, Hoinsey, we got to get to the ballpark uh, uh, coming up. Uh, doubleheader today, long day. Uh, looking forward to uh, Gavin Williams and his next chance to get on the mound, see what he can do against uh, uh, the Tigers lineup. Uh, looking forward to that, and we'll, uh, we'll get back with you on uh, Monday to, to wrap up the weekend against the Tigers here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll check in with you then. All right, Joe. 